Hello friends, welcome to July, welcome to your Kings of Anglia Monday podcast, it's been a while, welcome back to myself, your host Mark Heath, Ipswich Town of course, are back on the pitch, they played for the first time in this pre-season on Saturday, they played in new kits, and we're back to talk all about it, as I said, I'm back, I'm back with Stuart Watson, and I'm back with the prospect, again we're going to have to think about this nickname, Ross being as the new King starts later in the week, and he's significantly younger than you, uh, Ross Halls, friends, how are we all? I've missed you. Stu, I'm pleased that you are still uh, looking fairly uh, fairly well in trim because I was worried coming back after two weeks on your own. I know Rossi was here, but you clearly were, were shouldering a lot of the load um, that you, you, you'd come back and you'd, you'd be all over the shop, mate. I thought you'd be a bit of a, a, bit of a mess, but you've pulled through. It's been fine. When you say in trim, you think I just sort of eat eat to my stress and it can't yeah, exactly. come back up, like doubled in size yeah that's what i do mate yeah absolutely i remember in, in the run-up to the football season I, I do things like start having cake for breakfast and things like that because it's it's quite a busy time for us on that note boys obviously i'm just back from holiday i've put on almost a stone if you're asking um and i've got to ask am i am i normal because what i do the night before getting back into normality as it were so last night or yesterday you know you can't you can no longer have pints at lunchtime and and eat what you want in the evening holiday wise but then the like the last day before I, I get back into kind of on the, the usual eating regime i go mental is that is that is that normal like yesterday we had a barbecue we had pizza we had we had prosecco we had beer it was all over the shop is that is that normal behavior or am i a bit odd christmas is very much like that it feels yeah. like all bets are off doesn't count so yeah, have one last big blowout before before work starts again. Rossi, what approach do you take to uh, coming back to work and getting back into a kind of routine with your with your nutrition? Uh, I don't, to be fair. I just <laughs> every, every day is a, a holiday. No, it's not. No, um, I will admit, when, like I was when I went to Naples, I probably put on a probably two stone actually because I two stone probably wow. Uh, there's a lot of mozzarella, a lot of because Italian food is very. It's beautiful fattening and it's beautiful of course um but i actually tried some mozzarella cheese and parmaham not actually in the uk for the first time properly and it was horrible um so because the mozzarella here is dreadful so another like, chapter in ross's food <laughs> food discovery journey yes <laughs> love mozzarella but not uk mozzarella or you know because the export yeah well, anyway i've got um, a question ross about your holiday by the way because i enjoyed listening to you talk about it on last week's pod with stewing uh, you said you had uh, ice cream for breakfast i believe a couple of times mm-hmm. which why not when in rome yeah. or in naples as, as it were i assume it was neapolitan ice cream yes. um but rossi i was thinking when i'm back in the manor as it were back in derby i start saying things like Hey up, and uh, I'll do, and that kind of stuff. And I'm sure Stewie, when he's back in Braintree, says things like, "What are you looking at, you slag?" That kind of stuff. But you have obviously a notable Suffolk accent, yep. a, a lovely Suffolk tinge to your tones. But when you're back in Italy with the fam, the famalam, do you suddenly break out into beautiful Italian? Are you are you saying "La vita bella, arrivederci," and things like that? How does it? What happens? Do you uh... speak Italian? A little bit, like I, I was using Bella and Bellissimo a lot every time I was seeing food. I went Bellissimo, and I, I always said Buongiorno because that's just the easy word, you know. That's good morning in a heavy um, Suffolk accent. Yeah, I would assume. Yes, um, I tried to tone it down a little bit. What I have to do, I have to really slow, slow down for some of my Italian cousins and stuff because they can understand English and speak English a little bit, but I have to really be slow because if I talk too quickly, they'll go. Please <laughs> repeat, repeat, yeah. repeat. What on earth are you saying? 
Yes. Um, Which side of the family is it, Ross? Is it your, dad. your dad? Your dad's. dad's. Okay. Yeah. And, you, and you say uh, Italy is home. I love that because you've got Italy's a beautiful, beautiful language, and you've got the, the Suffolk accent as well, which in many ways is quite a nice thing to listen to. So you've got you've got two sides of the ball there. You're yeah. topping up when you when you're back in Italy. Um, all, all okay, boys. I've, I, it looks like I've missed quite a lot while I've been away. The fixtures been out. We knew that was going to happen. Town have made a signing. The new kits are out. We're going to talk about that in a minute. It's been a pretty busy two weeks, hasn't it, boys? For Stuart, just, just, just starting to <laughs> yeah, just starting to ramp up a little bit now, isn't it? Yeah, all these all these little milestones being ticked. First friendly as well on Saturday, so we've got something to get our teeth into at last. Right, let's get right into it then. And I want to get my teeth first of all into these new kits which dropped on Saturday morning, which is uh, an unusual one for us. We're used to them dropping kind of middle of June time, uh, literally in the hours before they, they played their first pre-season game. Obviously, they couldn't play a game without the kits being launched. And what I thought we'd do, boys, is all give an opinion on the kits, because um, there have been a lot of them. I think it's fair to say they split opinion more than, than last year's Stone Cold certified classics. Um, so what I've asked you to do, and I hope you've done it, I'm looking at you, Ross, is, uh, is, is come up with three words to describe each kit write them down and we'll all share them at the same time um so have you uh, have you got the boys? you know when you say kits drop yeah i think they should literally do that i think, <laughs> what, how, I how think that what they should have done is like uh the only way you could have got a ticket to the game at felixstowe is if you committed to buying the shirts blind right and then uh, and then they drop them from a from a helicopter Oh, like a like sort of age of the game, of yeah, yeah, like yeah, and then they, yeah, they they cut they scatter down to the ground. Yeah, and you, you grab what you can. Amazing, I like that idea. And given how much effort and time that clubs now put into kit launches and videos and stuff, Stu, that's probably one that might get added to a list somewhere. Um, so you heard it here first. Anyway, boys, have you got your have you got your three words for the? Should we yep. start with the home kit? Ross, do you want to just flash up the home kit before we? Uh, there is the home kit then. So there we go. That's the that's uh, the new look home kit with a collar. Um, right then, boys. Shall we? Shall we? Shall we think about it on the count of three? Three, two, one. Right. So if you are not watching, I've got, I've put not a fan. Sue says love a collar exclamation mark, and Rossi says looks better in person. Right. Mm, you've. You've taken advantage yeah. of a, a questionable hyphen there, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, that's not grammatically correct, but we'll allow it because you're so charming. Uh, Stewie, let's start with you then. You love a collar. You got to see him, obviously, uh, in person on Saturday. Um, clearly, I guess the main takeaway from the, the home kit, at least, is the collar returning and a nod to those uh, iconic kits from the, what was it, 2000 season, 99-2000 season promotion kit. Um, you like it, though, by the sound of it, or at least you like the collar. Yeah, I think this fair to say out of the two kits, this is the one that's split opinion the most. Um, the promo video, first and foremost, from Saturday morning was was great with Marcus yeah. Stewart and Martin Reusser involved. Um, brilliant that two pounds, it's two pounds, not two million pounds, as I tweeted <laughs> on Saturday morning, two pounds from every one of these home kits sold in the month of July will be donated to um, the Derby Rimmer Foundation, um, which obviously Marcus is supporting following his MND mm. diagnosis. Um, so that's great from the club. Um, 
I just think it's nice now with these Umbro kits that, that you're getting some bespoke kits that are a nod to um, things that mean something to Ipswich Town yeah. fans. So um, it'd be quite nice, isn't it, that Ipswich are going into the championship and there's talk about them maybe being competitive at the top end, that these are kits that draw upon a season in which they, they got promoted. Um, mm. So... Yeah, I know not everyone's keen on the collar and I know not everyone's keen on, on the white stripes on the sleeve. Those are the two things that I think seem to have split people. I wasn't 100% sure on it when I saw the, the, the imagery and the pictures, but when I saw people wearing them at the game on Saturday, when I saw the players wearing them, um, they've grown on me a lot. I like them. Okay. Rossi, you say he looks better in person. That was that was my first well, I'd say my first. Actually, my first thought was that's that's uglier than the elephant man when I first saw that kit, um, and then then I thought actually, well, wait to see it in person, sort of being worn as it were as it's meant to be, um, and so that that changed things for you, did it? When you saw it on on Saturday? Yeah, when I first saw it on the video stuff, and then yeah, the the photo shoot pictures, I was like, mm, mm, I need to see this in person to really share my opinion on it, and when mm. I I think the first time I actually saw it in person, I just saw a fan when I walked into Felix, I saw a fan wearing, I went, okay, let me have a little closer look. I didn't go and stop the guy and go, stop, I need to look. I sort of waited <laughs> until I saw someone I knew, um, which was Jubster, shout out to Jubster. And I saw it and went, that actually looks a bit better. I was looking more closer look, you know, the detail yeah. in the blue. Um, it's definitely a grower. Um, I think it'll grow on people eventually. A collar, I'm not really a fan of, um, but... It is what it is. I think, as Stu said, it's more retro, like 90s, isn't it? 90s collars, that's what it's known for. Um, but yeah, it's as I said, it's a grower, and um, we shall see. Although, I want to quickly bring up the picture. Mm-hmm. I think there should be a little button here, where you can, you know, the button where the collar is, and then you've got that little... Oh, yeah. So you can look like you're on a night out in, in Brentwood, you mean? Yeah, and you can the just... Button all the way up. The button a little bit, just to show a little bit of skin. A little uh, bit of hair. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just maybe a little extra little thing they should have put, maybe. Yeah. Uh, my, like I say, my my thoughts on it are that I'm not a fan. I, I, I don't really like it. I don't like the collar. I don't like the white stripes. It looks a bit, compared to last season, which I really liked, which is absolute classic with that pattern on the front of it. Um, I'm not I'm not much of a fan. And I have actually seen it in person because having thought that, I then, by chance, went down the garden centre yesterday planting a few plants in between the, the eating and drinking stuff. And there are a couple in there, um, shout out to you if, if it was you, who had the new kits on, that the guy was wearing the home kit and, and his wife, I assume it was his wife, was wearing the, the orange away kit. So I had the opportunity to look at them in person. And uh, I'm afraid I still did not like the home kit. Uh, I, I don't know, man. The, the I, think with, I think with the white sleeve, at least it's different. Because yeah. the moan would be if quite often you get home kit, especially with home kits, because there's only so much you can do with them when you're just working with the colour blue. At least they're different. At least there's a reason to go and buy it. Sometimes with Adidas in particular, you thought that's barely different to the previous season and they were so sort of templatey and similar to what other clubs have got. Um, at least they've tried something a bit different this year. Um, mm. But they've sold well by all accounts. I, well, think, I'm sure um, they will, yeah. I think there's got about 5,000 gone already um, in the first day. Obviously, record sales last year. I think 50,000 kits across the, the three last mm. year. We still don't know if we'll get another a third kit. That was launched a bit later in the summer, the Blackout one last year. Whether they'll do something similar again, I don't know. Um, certainly not going to need to wear it because the orange isn't going to clash with, with much, is it? So, um, 
yeah, it's a little bit different. It's not going to be for everybody's taste, but at least they've tried to do something bespoke and, and try and do something a bit different to last year. I reckon if they are going to go retro, can we go full retro and have it like massively oversized? You know, like the kits were back in the yeah. in the nineties. So instead Get of some laces, kind of, yeah, absolutely. But you know, now they're kind of real, like um, they're almost painted on, aren't they? The kit, you know, for, for kind of athletic fit, as it were. But back in the day, back in the nineties, the kits were massive, weren't they? Like wearing a tent. So uh, if we're going to go retro, let's let's have ridiculously oversized versions of the kit as well. And some sort of like velvety iron on sponsors yeah that, that yeah. would go really sort of horribly and crinkly after about three washes as well <laughs> absolutely yeah okay so for me it's, it's i'm afraid respectfully um after last season's classics and i think that also doesn't do it any favors in my eyes it's a thumbs down on the home kit um Stu, it sounds like you're a thumbs up and rossi you're thumbs thumbs in the middle i would say thumbs on the in the middle kit. but okay. it's all right it's all right not to like it mark this is a safe place oh i know Absolutely. I'm, I'm more than happy to say that I don't really like it. And hopefully it grows on me and town have a successful season and that will help it go down um, in terms of folklore, as it were. Right then. Away kit, Rossi. Let's have a look at the away kit. There we go. Lovely orange. Is that is that dark blue? Hard to tell on the on the, on the old uh, on the neck and the sponsor. Is that dark I blue? So. I think it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. OK. All right, then. Here we go then, then boys. The orange away kit. Three, two, one. Right, so Stu's got Navy makes it. Ross has got what? What? Nostalgia orange feels. Nostalgia yeah. orange feels. Okay. And I've got better <laughs> than feared. Right then. Let's start with Rossi because we started with Stu last time. Nostalgia orange feels. You've just taken three words and thrown them together randomly. I like yes. it. At least you have stuck to three words this time. Um, what, so you you like the nostalgia aspect of it, clearly. That orange. Yeah, once again, we've got history, haven't we, with the orange mm. kits, um, you know, from, you know, the 90s and then the 2000s. And then like one of my, actually, I'll bring the picture up in a second. Um, I've got the Power Gen kit, which was orange. I sort of lived in that when I was like, you know, a 10-year-old. So I just loved that kit. Um, and I'll bring up another kit in a minute of me wearing an orange shirt. But it just feels nostalgia, and I think we've had success with orange kits. Of course, not the the one season, which I know mm. Stu and all of us still got scars from from the relegation season, um, which with, with the horrible magical Vegas. Um, so that's one orange kit we don't want to talk about, never see again. Um, but I just feel it's a bit nostalgia when you see an orange kit. Um, so I'll let Stu share his thoughts, and I'll bring up that picture of me in the kit. Sure. Oh, let's see a picture of you wearing a kit. Go on, do it now. Have you got, have you got it? Come on, little it. Rossi. Is it is it Rossi with his mohawk? I hope so. <laughs> no, it's, I did share it um, before the Dexter game, and um, it's me basically watering some plants. Um, so it's that. Uh, okay, yeah. The I thought you were going to flash it up on screen. Well, you said when you was ten. You're not ten. Oh, no, there. no, no, no. This is not power gen. This is green gen. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, look at little little rascal Ross there. Look at him, got a massive head. He's <laughs> quite big. Uh, okay, so you're, you're you're a big you're a fan of the orange, you'd say then? Yeah, I've always I've always liked the orange kit. Um, and you know I've like seen Martin Royster in it, sort of bring it up there. Of course, Dutch connection because you know they wear orange, of course. But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a fan of it. And I Can like. I ask a question on Martin Royster of you, Ross. Mm -hmm. You know the little video that's come out. Uh, 
I think this morning or yesterday, where there's someone kind of bringing the kit to him in a briefcase, sort of going on the plane and going on the, the river. Was that you? Because <laughs> no. you've been out to see Martin. Were you an undercover kit double double supplier? agent? Yeah. I don't think the club probably would trust me with that. They okay. probably <laughs> lose, lose the kit or take the kit for myself. And then yeah, yeah, uh, it wasn't Ross, me. The kit, the kit's already on eBay. <laughs> 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 oh, sorry. I was, I was putting another orange kit. As you know, uh, that was a nice touch. I, I mean, obviously, you already said that the video. That was a nice touch. That wasn't to have Royster and, and Marcus Stewart involved. That was really good. Um, Stewie, you said the navy makes it, so yeah. Assuming we are saying it's dark blue slash navy. Yeah. Uh, yes. I, that's the bit of it I like the most. It, for me, it's a bit too bright. The orange, mm. and that's what kind of brings back the memories of the the most recent orange kit, the relegation one, which was very very bright um i think having that sort of dark navy trim and the sponsor helps just sort of tone it down a little bit and give it a bit more of a classic feel so that that for me sort of saves it. i mean the sponsor i think goes a long way to making mm. a football kit and the reason that we didn't like the ones from the relegation season was those horrible multicolored magical vegas uh logos slapped on the front um yeah this time we've still got ed sheeran uh, and I think that that navy trim is nice, and the little. But I think both the home and the away have got that sort of background pattern, which is more of a nod to the sort of the early nineties mm. kits, isn't it? From Ipswich, so again, a sort of a mixture of nostalgia from from the nineties, noughties. Just realised, Ross, we're going to have to change the background, aren't we? To this, this is the, this is last season's background for kit. Um, okay, cool. Uh, how long is it Sheeran's tour, by the way? Because how many shirts has that been on? Is he just touring forever now? Uh, it's just going to be something in, in perpetuity. Well, I can't even say it. Anyway, um, orange-wise, we kind of heard whispers that it was going to be orange, and I hate orange. I do not like orange as a colour, and I do not like orange football kits at all. So when I say better than feared, I, I genuinely... I like it more than I was expecting to like it. And and again, Dan Woolpit Garden Centre yesterday, if this, if this was you, you helped me make up my mind on the kits, seeing them in person. Home kit, not for me. Oh, orange away kit, seeing it in person with the pattern on it. I actually quite like it. I think mm. if it wasn't for that pattern, that kind of saves it for me. Um, if they just toned down the brightness of the orange, that one that Ross showed earlier, it was a... As a... More of a matte orange, a duller orange. I don't know how you describe it. Not as not as neon orange as this one. If it was just toned down the orange just slightly, um, I would be all over this kit. <laughs> Rossi's little face. Hey, there he is. And then shortly after that, you went and you went and nicked a car, did you, Ross? <laughs> did Nasbo? <laughs> Okay, so in terms of away kit, I think that definitely my favourite of the two. So I'm giving it a kind of tentative, a tentative kind of on the way to a full thumbs up. Um, can boys, I tell you a little kit bugbear as well? Why on the women's can. kits do they do a tiny? Why do they make the sponsor so much smaller on the women's, the women's kits? It's women's fit basically. So that's just that's just how why it's small. Everything's smaller, okay. I guess. Is it? Yeah, so they make it just yeah yeah. But if I bring up. Yeah, I bring up that. It's basically it's just because it's a woman's fit. Um, Sexist. That's, that's that's not me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's why that's why it's a smaller logo. Because yeah, if you bring up um, this one, I don't know. That's, actually, Ek Eloise King. She's wearing the similar one to um, Wolford in here. But yeah, they are smaller 
sponsors when it is like a proper match kit. Mm. Um, I think it's just basically a woman's kit, basically. Okay, so I'm saying I say I'm saying about this sort of on the way to fully erect, as it were, with the thumbs up. <laughs> um, Stewie, what would you say you are in terms of uh, position on the flagpole? Yeah, same as you. Yeah, semi. I'm not. Uh, conti- yeah, I'm not <laughs> continuing in the, the analogy. We'll there. see. What are you saying? Fully erect. Yeah, fully tumescent. There we go. Okay, so we both we're all agreeing that we like the the away kit probably more than the home kit, and it seems to be. I mean, Rossi, you spoke to obviously fans on Saturday. Was that is that the general consensus? Do you think that the, the away kit's a bit more popular than the home kit, or have I got that wrong? I think so. I think once again, like last year, we mentioned like the bar was set very high, wasn't it? Last year, mm. both kits were unreal. Uh, then the third kit came out, and that was fantastic as well. So this year, it's the club always going to be it's going to be tricky to be as good as last year. And I think fans, once again, I think most of them they both. I think. Some fans say, oh, I'm probably not going to buy it this year. But eventually, I bet they will. It will grow on them and grow on them. Um, I think probably more away kit this year fans are liking. Um, although the black and red last year was fantastic as well. Mm. Um, but I think fans would just buy it. Because as you said, Planet Blue, there was a massive line you know, yeah. getting that. And I said there was so many people wearing it at the Felix though. And there was a few times where I was, I was trying to find the away kit to speak to some people. And I went over and I said, oh, no, that's a steward. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think, nah, fans liked it. And um, once again, I think people made a decision. I think there's one fan who said to me, actually, I didn't really like him at first, but just like me, when I saw it in person, I was like, yep, yeah, going to buy one. And I think they went off to the club shop straight away after the game and they bought both. So, so yeah. Mm. That's a good sure point about the steward thing because Kieran McKenna sort of said the players really like the away kit because... Um, they stand out on the pitch and they yeah. can see each other. And when you when you're playing at speed and your heads up and down and you're scanning the pitch, um, I think that probably does help. Um, you go back to the Man United grey grey <laughs> kit in the nineties and swapping <clears throat> at half time and stuff. I think players like playing in bright kits. So remains one of the greatest sporting excuses of all time. That doesn't it? They they couldn't see each other. Said Sir Alex on the pitch. There we go. Um, right then, new kits. They were wearing them for the first time on Saturday at Felix, though. A lovely little community angle to their first pre-season friendly, just as last year uh, when they went and played Needham Market in June, remarkably. Uh, and it was the same score, wasn't it, Stu? 6-0? Was it 6-0 at Needham? No? 7-0 last year. Ah, um, schoolboy there. Schoolboy. 6-0 this time. I think that was right. 7-7 seven, seven last year, 6 this year. Yeah. What did we make of it then, friends? Let's start with you, Stu. Um it's hard to take obviously it's, it's really hard to take anything away from the game as it were because you've got professional athletes against amateurs who i'm sure probably even started their, their pre-season training leagues between them literally um what did you make of it as, as a day and is there anything you, we can kind of say that was of interest in terms of things we may have learned stewie yeah there's some little bits and pieces from the football side of things that we we can pick out again without reading too much into things but mm. the, the first big takeaway is that they're just nice community games and it's nice that maybe this is a sign that Ipswich might move around some of the different grounds each each summer. Needham last year where we're going back to on, on Friday night um, for a game against Maidenhead. Uh, Felix Stowe for the opener this year which is probably a, a bit of a thank you to Felix Stowe for hosting the, the women's team throughout mm. the year. Uh, so it's nice that they'll the they'll get a bit of money from that to probably just shy of two and a half thousand, I think, um, packed into the AGL arena, barbecue, beers, 
ticket income. So they'll they'll do a nice little bit of bit of trade out of that. But it's it's more about the accessibility of the manager and the players who all took a lot of time to go and sign autographs and take take pictures and stuff like that. So um yeah, just just feels like the right thing to do for Ipswich Town to sort of get around the county a little bit and um, mm. and be that community club. Yeah, I love that aspect of it. Obviously, this is where the, the ladies play their home games, Rossi. I assume it was a, a total sellout, was it? A big crowd? Yeah, total sellout. That they, they sold like hotcakes, didn't they, the, those tickets? Um, yeah, and I think, you know, it was a nice day. Barbecue, you know, beer flowing, the, the sweet shop, there's a massive queue for that. Um, I didn't get any sweets though, which was bad for me. Normally, my that's my regular trip there. Poor um, form. Yeah, yeah, really poor. Um, I thought maybe because I've been eating a lot of Italian food, maybe I need to, you know, need to lose some of this stone I'll put on. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was yeah, it was, it was such a great day, and um, you know, it's an opportunity for fans to really see players up close and personal. Because at Portland mm. Road and other games, you know, you are close to the pitch to an extent, but here touching distance they're kind of mingling almost aren't they with the, with the players and and yeah. and, the, and, the, and the coaching staff yeah um Stewie, what about on the pitch we said town won six nil dapo big fred got two goals nice to see <laughs> he did given he's, he's currently their only striker pretty much um yeah i'll start with that if you want yeah. um yeah freddie ladapo striker in the first half he got two goals inside the opening seven minutes um, he looked quite sharp, actually, and I spoke to Sam Morsey afterwards, and and he said how sharp Freddie's looked in that first week back. Um, sometimes you can tell quite early in a preseason whether players are in the mood and whether they've come back and they've got the bit between their teeth. I'll always remember going to Ireland in 2014 and looking at Daryl Murphy and thinking, yeah. "What's happened to you this summer? You've come back. I don't know, physically a little bit different, sharper." Um, and obviously, he went on to to have an incredible season. And that's not to say that Freddie Ladapo is going to go and score twenty seven championship goals this season. But for all the talk about another striker coming in, which we'll probably get onto in a bit, um, maybe this is just will give give Freddie a bit of that fuel. He obviously fed on it a little bit last year. That mm. you know, after a bit of a slow start, George Hurst came in and he finished the season really well. Um, yeah. You have to take into account the opposition and everything, but he looked like he had a bit of a bit of spark about him on Saturday, which was nice nice to see in the first half. And then to kind of highlight the, the shortage of striker options at the moment, um, Caden Jackson played as the number nine in the second half. I think we've all kind of um, accepted that Caden Jackson has kind of fully converted to more of a wide man last year. Yeah. That's where he was most effective last season. It's not to say there won't be some games where Kieran McKenna maybe goes away from home and thinks that... Caden's pace on the counter-attack might be best used through the middle as he, as he did on occasion last season but I, I see him more as a wide man now so um, Joe Piggott will almost certainly leave he wasn't part of the squad at the weekend Gassan Hadmi's gone out on loan so um, strikers required but Freddie Ladapo looking sharp on, on that first first game back I like that because it feels like Freddie's had something to prove almost since the day he signed that people saying straight away well, he's a good signing, but he's not going to be the main man, is he? Uh, and then obviously ends up scoring 21 goals. Mm. Was it started 26 games, 26 games, something like that. And in the end, it was it was as a backup to George Hurst that he did that. And already this summer, clearly people are saying, "Well, he can't be the main man in the championship. We've got to sign a striker." Well, he got. Um, I think he got nine goals in a in a struggling Rotherham side that yeah. got relegated from the championship last time he played at that level. So that's not not to be sniffed at. 
Yeah, a motivated, fired up Freddie. Hopefully, going into the season, Rossi. What what did you like on the pitch away from away from Big Fred? We got to see um, Panucci Kamara, didn't we? Which I guess, as a, as someone who's not consumed a lot around this game, that was the thing. One of the things I was most interested in, given how little we saw of him last season. How, how did he look? He looked sharp. He looked really sharp, and that's that's what you always expect for preseason, don't you? Where it's returning players, you know, players mm. from injury. Um, you know, we saw called George Emerson's first game since February. Um, Shawnee Aluko wasn't injured, but it wasn't sort of part of the match day squads. But of course, it was about um, Lee Evans as well, which is good to see. Um, and just yet, yeah, Elkin Bagger come back from his loan spell. Um, so yeah, this is sort of the the perfect sort of games where you see those returning players. But yeah, Panucci Kamara really stood out, scored a goal. Mm-hmm. Which is good for any player like Ladapa. We mentioned, you know, for a striker, I'm sure. Okay, it's Felix though, but to get off the mark twice is a great start to preseason. Um, but yeah, just good to see those players making their return. Definitely George Edmerson. Um, he played, of course, centre half alongside Don Ball. No, was it Don Ball? Yes. Yeah, sorry, I have to double check myself there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was um, just good to see these returning players. And uh, yeah, Shawnee Aluko was another player that really just. He just, he's just a great footballer, and he? he's just a great footballer. Um, and yeah, I'm pleased he signed that one year deal. And uh, yeah, it's good just to see the players back in action, wearing the kit for the first time, mm. and uh, saw some goals. Anything else to, to mention, Stewie, in terms of players or things that you'd like? Don Ball, Don Ball at centre half was interesting in the first half. That might be, again, you can overread into these things. First game back, obviously. Um, but we keep talking about the number of central midfielders at the club. Maybe a, a more of a shortage of centre-halves at the moment. Could Don Ball kind of be repurposed there? It's a position he has played a fair bit of football in at the past, even in the past, even though his kind of primary position is hmm. kind of that more of a combative central midfielder. I don't know, but you, the centre-halves and the goalkeeper had a, a pretty quiet day, to be honest. So you couldn't really judge them on that. But just, yeah, as Ross says, in general, seeing him back out there, George Edmondson playing for the first time since hurting his ankle, I think at Burnley back in January, February time. Kamara, who became a bit of a forgotten man with those repeated groin setbacks last season. He played on that sort of tucked in left-hand side role. Um, I'm still not convinced. I've, I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter about, oh, he could be he could be a surprise package this season. He could be a bit of a key man. I, I just think there's too much traffic there. And I think when... When the music stops and a few, there's not enough chairs for for a lot of these players. Uh, he might he might be one that that still we in our kind of assessment of whether players would be sold or loaned and whatnot. Mm. I think I had him down for a loan a few weeks back, and and I still think that would be the case with Panucci Kamara. But great to see him 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 back out there. Nevertheless, mm. uh, in in terms of the day itself, Stu, there's obviously one kind of uh, sentimental thing that tugged at the old heartstrings that I saw that you tweeted on Saturday morning. You arrived at the ground, Stuart Watson, the ADT, reserved, standard. But right next to you, reserved, Andy Warren, ITFC. How did that feel, mate? Your first first game. So you were sat together still, but very different roles on the day. And I assume Hutchie rocked up probably late, you know, did a short video interview with anyone he wanted because he can do that now. Um, and you were there, I'd imagine, three or four hours early doing the real hard yards. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, big questions <laughs> that needed answering. Uh, what was he wearing? Um, he was wearing a borrowed gilet 
because he was told he was very much in the Hutcher uniform that we know and love. He had the hoodie. A, yeah. Uh, no, not the hoodie, but a sort of a probably a familiar green sort of half zip jumper that you, yeah. you might remember. Um, he looked like the the Hutchie that we knew. They obviously said to him, "You need some, you need some club merch on here." Uh, so he, he told me he had to raid the the lost property bin <laughs> and got a little Ipswich Town gilet that he was wearing. I think he borrowed it from another member of staff. So haven't yet seen him in the full club suit and tie yet. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, that's gonna um, be so good. But it was nice. It was nice to see him. But all, yeah. also a little bit sad, bittersweet, knowing yeah. that um, you know we were together but not together. Not that really together. Did you did you catch up with uh, with Hutchie Rossi? Did you see him? Yeah, did the normal fist pump. How you doing? Move on. Because um, yeah, match days is very different for me because I'm normally pitch side and then boys are working mm. hard, um, typing away. Um, so they're closest encounters to each other. But I'm, I'm more just have a little wave. Hi guys, and I move pitch side and try not to get hit by the ball. Um, and chat to the other photographers and stuff. I completely um, blanked him for the entire yeah. afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mate. It's, it's, it's us and them now. You and me. Dead, as it were. Uh, in terms of moving on, obviously, we have a new king starting later this week, um, which we'll be, we'll be talking exclusive. about. Transfer exclusive, yeah. Um, spent last season covering the championship, uh, so we can talk to him about that next week. I think he's, he's starting Thursday, so he'll be at the game Friday night. Um, that'll be his first game, and then he'll be on the pod, I think, probably for the first time. Next week, we can have a proper chat and, uh, and introduce him and look towards the coronation, as it were. Uh, anything else from from Saturday, boys, before we move on to the sexy stuff? I would give a mention to Rio Morgan, who yep. uh, was played a starring role in Ipswich's under-18s and under-23s. Got a few games for them last season, but most notably in that, that FA Youth Cup run to the quarterfinals. Um, he was part of the second half team. He played on the right-hand side. Uh, I like the look of him. He looks lively. He was he got himself well involved. Um, it's only 17, so this season will probably come too soon for first team involvement, but that's a nice little milestone for him to be involved with the first team at the weekend. Um, I saw him have a long chat with Anton Ferdinand after the game, uh, brother of Rio, who I believe is uh, his agent, who'd come to, to okay. watch him and support him. Um, so yeah, Rio Morgan, I like the look of him. And then uh, Finley Barbrook, one of the uh, the Barbrook twins also came mm. on for a few minutes towards the end. Um, he came on at right back. He's quite versatile. He plays more in midfield for the youth teams um, with his brother, Harry, normally playing at right back. But Finley came, Finley came on there and got a few minutes towards the end. So um, yeah, shout out to those two, really. Nice one. Right then, boys, let's move on to sexy stuff, shall we? We'd normally start with sexy stuff, but clearly there were other sexier things happening over the weekend, which I thought we'd better do first. But in terms of sexy stuff, there has been a couple of things um, emerge since uh, since you last spoke. And I guess we have to start really with um, a defender, Suey. Um, we know that Town are likely going to be in the market for a, for a centre-back uh, centre this summer. And they've been linked through a good source with a, with a veteran shall we say, looking to fill that veteran void left by Richard Keogh. Do you want to bring us up speed on this one? Yeah, Craig Cathcart. Um, <clears throat> Ipswich said to be interested in signing him following his release by Watford. That came from The Athletic, uh, one that we can verify as well, having done our own uh, mm. bit of digging last night. So he would be that experienced 
centre-half that we've been talking about really since the, the end of last season, or certainly since Richard Keogh's release, that I think is required to come in. Um, you have to look at the three centre-halves that Ipswich have got at the moment. Luke Wolfenden, Cameron Burgess, George Edmondson have all got um, fairly limited championship experience. I think Luke Wolfenden might have come off the bench for one game mm. in the championship for Ipswich. George Edmondson, handful of games for Derby when he had a loan there. Um, Cameron Burgess, again, um, I think four appearances for Fulham in his early days there at championship level. And they probably came in midfield, actually, at that stage. So not hugely experienced, the, the three centre-halves at championship level for Ipswich. Every reason and hope to think that they can step up and, and thrive at this level. But a little bit of uh, experience and help in the same way that Richard Keogh provided last season probably won't go amiss. People immediately last night said, well, if that's the case, why didn't they keep Richard Keogh? Well, Richard Keogh is a couple of years older. He's, he's 36. I think we saw in a few of the games, mm. most notably at Cambridge, that that his legs really were starting to go. Richard Keogh, um, Craig Cathcart started 27 games in the championship for Watford last season. Um, loads of caps, 72 caps for Northern Ireland. So a Northern Irish link for uh, Kieran McKenna, uh, also a Manchester United link, someone who started out in the, their youth academy. So um, again, another little link to, to McKenna there. So he, maybe he's just the experienced head uh, that will come in and, and help those other centre-halves. And he's, he's a free transfer as well, which um, enables some of the budget to uh, to be focused at the top end of the pitch. Mm. What do you make of this, Ross? He's 34, so clearly way over the, the Ross Hall's cut-off. Um, would you, this kind of player slash age, is that the kind of thing that you would like to see? We know it has to be someone who's got experience, but would this be slightly... Too, exper too experienced, if you like, kind of edging towards the end of their career. Keogh last season was slightly different, wasn't he? Because although he did play, he was more there in a kind of almost a, an extra coaching role to bring on the, the young cent central defenders. Um, but going into the championship, you feel like you need someone who's going to be an option to start more. Um, so how would, you, how would you feel about this? I don't mind it, to be fair, because he, yeah. he has played... Last year, 27 starts in the championship, which isn't mm. too bad. But definitely, we're with a Watford team who were uh, they're weird, aren't they? Watford, just a weird <laughs> team, very weird yeah. team. Their managers and some of their players, I always see they go back to Uniazi, the Italian side, and then come back. Um, but yeah, as, as Stu said, you know, Northern Irish international, I think he won some still playing for, for his, his country as well. Um, mm. at the age of 34, so fair play to him. Um, but yeah, experienced player who's played in the Premier League only recently as well. So yeah, I know the age thing, I always joke about it, but I don't mind if they're playing still regularly in the Championship and they've got no injury uh, problems. So he's, he's perfect for me. Um, and he'll be, you know, he'll be able to, I wouldn't say teach because, you know, Wolfen is now getting experience, but just yeah. having that sort of senior head there to show, you know, Championship football, I think it's perfect, and uh, he's a hairy ass. Is he a hairy ass defender? Who used to? He's six foot what two, so he's, he's tall, of course. Can uh, you? Can you? In this digging you were doing last night, I assume part of it was establishing how hairy his ass is. Well, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, <laughs> what what goes into? I think you've got to be a. Is he a head it and kick it defender? I think that's for the first major tick for a yeah. hairy ass defender. I think you've got to be of a certain certain age in yeah. general. 
to be a hairy ass. You don't get a hairy ass twenty-one-year-old no. centre half. No. Um, yeah, I think he is. He's a good height as well. I think that adds to the feeling of it. And he's been a captain, which I quite like. He's captain Northern Ireland. He's captain Watford quite a bit. He's played nearly four hundred games across Premier League and, and Championship. So, mm. um, yeah, he, he's not. The Ipswich are interested, but he's not the only centre half on their list. This is not mm. to say this is imminent. This is not to say he's the number one target at centre half, but um, he's the first sort of player of this ilk that we've had linked this summer. And we we talked quite early on about what Ipswich required, and and mm. he certainly fits the bill in terms of that experienced centre-half that we think they need. I mean, we talked about the inexperience of the centre-half. Then you've got Harry Clark and Leif Davis on either side who are mm. who are quite young as full-backs as well. So to, to help that entire defensive unit, um, I quite like the sound of this. Mm. OK. The other link we've had since we last spoke, striker. We know clearly the, in the market for striker this summer, Sam Surridge. I just want to say Sturridge when I, when I say his name. Sam Surridge of Nottingham Forest. A lot of people saying they like the sound of that including a few Forest fans saying if if, uh, if Town get him, he, he's a very good player. Um, so you want to talk about this one as well? Yes, he's another one that I understand is is on the list. Might be a kind of an alternative to Ellis Sims, which is continuing to rumble on. It mm. seems that Swansea fans are convinced that they've landed Ellis Sims, judging by, judging by social media. Obviously, Joel Pirro might be moving on from them for decent money. So that that's a whole saga there at the moment with so many championship clubs looking for strikers. Sims has been linked to a load of those. Ipswich might decide to move on possibly if, if the money goes, the asking price goes up too high. Um, Surridge would be an interesting one. He's um, he went into, he started at Bournemouth. He's played for Stoke. He's still only 24. Four, I believe, um, went into Forest and um, helped fire them to the Premier League in the second mm. half of the season. Then found minutes limited last year in the top flight, was mainly used as a sub. He's tall, he's good in the air. Um, so he would be perhaps a, a slightly cheaper option than, than Ellis Sims. But again, someone that's of a good age that they think they could develop. Um, mobile, physical dynamic the sort of striker that that Kieran McKenna wants you get the feeling with Kieran McKenna that goals isn't the be all and end all for a striker which sounds a strange thing to say but there um it's about what they can do for the team that creates the space for the likes of Connor Chaplin and Nathan Broadhead and others to profit from mm. so he's another one on on the list I wouldn't say from what I gather he's prime target at the moment but um he's he's one of several plates that they've got spinning Mobile, physical, and dynamic, Rossi. That describes you. Also describes Surridge. How would you feel if if Surridge is is someone they end up with? Is that something you'd like? That's a good point that Stu said about um, goals. Because yeah, we've got you know Chaplin, Broadhead. That they they score a lot of goals. And mm. I'm looking at Surridge's record right now. He's not prolific. Um, I think yeah, seven goals for Forest as they won promotion to the Premier League a few seasons back. Uh, he's not someone I know. A lot of really, uh, you know, you do your research, don't you? You watch some of his goal back. It doesn't, it's not sexy, if you know what I mean. It's not that sexy um, striker. But um, as Stu said, good age, as we always say, someone I think McKenna can work with. He's, he's played Premier League football last year. Uh, I think he played Premier League football with Bournemouth um, a few games as well and early in his career. So somebody that I'll be happy with if we sign him because, you know, he's good age and he's cheaper. Um but yeah, maybe we don't need a striker who's going to score all the goals because we have got Connor Chaplin and a lot of players who... The good thing about this squad, 
they share it about, don't they? The goals. So mm. we're not just relying on a twenty um, goal striker. We've got everyone who can score goals. So uh, yeah, I don't mind it. Okay, uh, and Siri, obviously, given it was the first time they, they played this preseason, it was your first time to actually speak to Kieran McKenna as well. Um, in, in the preseason, you obviously spoke to him about Ellis Sims and other things. Uh, do you want to bring people up to speed in in terms of that conversation? Yeah, it was the classic conversation that I've had with many managers at this, <laughs> yeah. this time of year where you, I, I now just tend to say, I'll be honest, right, Kieran, let's play let's play this little game where I ask you about a player that's been linked and you flat bat it to me and that's that's exactly what happened. So was asked about Ellis Sims' reports uh, in which he said, we don't talk about players that aren't ours. Um, classic. Might have been a little Freudian slip where he says, we won't talk about this until it's further down the line oh. so i don't know if you can read into into that too much or maybe maybe not but um he's a player that ipswich are interested in the reports nationally that are that ipswich have had a four million pound bid rejected um what i've heard from the ipswich end is, is that's overstated and it's not reached mm. the bid stage but i also recognize that there are people uh, well-connected sources that Everton, and I know the sort of people they've spoken to at Everton that insist that is very much the case and that the asking price is, is around £6 million, which seems like a lot of money for someone that's did well for Sunderland last season, but really you'd be buying them based on half a good season in the Championship and not quite making it at Everton in, in the second half of last season after, after the recall. So, um, yes, Ipswich have got money, but the ownership group all the way down to the manager have always said that they they will spend that money wisely mm. and you know mark ashton's just been on the the price of um football podcast recently and talking about how you won't get drawn into making emotional decisions just because you've got that money burning a hole in the back of your pocket um you can't be sort of getting drawn into bidding wars and and making bad decisions so i think that's where ipswich are at on the striker front at the moment Okay, and you also got to speak to Kieran about Jack Taylor, didn't you? Who who wasn't there on Saturday? He's having a few more days off. Um, I think he said he's starting today, actually. So he's 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 on the grass for the first time at Town today. Uh, in terms of how they might utilise him, how he sees him fitting in at Town, which I know you boys spoke about last week. You'd imagine clearly brought in to contend to be a starter alongside Morsey. What did Kieran tell you about Jack? Yeah, he wasn't there. Obviously, been given a little bit of extra time off. Was involved in the League One playoffs with mm. Peterborough, which extended his season. Then he's been away on international duty with the Republic of Ireland. Didn't didn't play uh, for them yet. So still waiting for his um, senior debut for Ireland. But nevertheless, has been away with them. So uh, he was given a bit of extra time off, along with um, Nathan Broadhead, who's been away with Wales. Wes Burns, who didn't get to go away with Wales because he was ill, but. He he was he was both those two were there signing autographs. Um, no Cameron Burgess, which um, was remiss of me to ask about. Actually, I don't know mm. what the situation was there with with him. Hopefully, nothing serious. Um, but Jack Taylor, yeah, the, the assumption when he signed was that I thought he'd be kind of. He talks about being a box to box midfielder being his best position, and you would have thought it was to. Um, be one of those kind of two deeper midfielders for Ipswich in the the loosely described four two three one formation. But the way Kieran McKenna spoke about him afterwards is that they like the fact that he's he's a goal threat. He scored ten goals for Peterborough last season. Um, can't remember the exact wording of what Kieran said, but it was we the two the two out and out midfielders. We like them to receive the ball. 
Um, Jack Taylor is someone we want to see getting ahead of the ball and, and playing in a more advanced position. So where that is, given they've got Broadhead and Chaplin um, in those kind of 10 tucked in roles, Burns on the right, I'm not sure. Um, you just wonder whether it might be a little tweak to the formation where it might be more of one sitter and then kind of two to, you know, Taylor kind of in a halfway house role in between mm. a Morsi and behind a chaplain who, who's kind of flitting around a little bit. But yeah, they basically they want to use him a, a bit further up the pitch. Sounds exciting. I thought, um, given my success with nicknames, I thought I'd call him Crackerjack Boys. What do you, what do you reckon? Oh, no. <laughs> what have you done that for? <laughs> That's not official. That's not official. This is just a working, a working kind of chat, you know, like a, a writer's room, as it were, just a symposium. Riff, riff on it. Um, that's a hamstring. Jack. That's a hamstring tear, guaranteed in October. <laughs> Thanks for that. Just like to say that's not official. Uh, yeah, clearly, obviously, the, the dream left the building last week, and it's quite interesting. It felt felt like being back in the days of Drizzy when uh, when it, and it, he used to do anything anywhere. I used to get tagged in on Twitter, uh, and I knew something was happening. My my phone started flashing up, uh, and it, true enough, Raheem had had left the building. The dream has been deferred, and now has ended. Are you all right? Did that spoil your holiday? Did did uh, Liz keep asking you as you stared uh, into the middle distance <laughs> forlornly? Yeah. What's Mark, wrong? Are you okay? Rakeem Harper's been let go. It's dreadful, Liz. <laughs> uh, no, it's just it never really worked out for him, did it? And and my my obviously I've committed now to not giving anyone a nickname. So I'm I'm really jesting there with with Jack Taylor. I'm not going to touch a nickname for him or indeed anyone now. Um, the only one we've got is Mint, isn't it, Stewie? And that's yours. Um, and that has not proved to be a uh, to be a bind thus far. Right then, anything else to mention, friends? I suppose the other thing we should talk about, actually, which you mentioned just before we came on on air, as it were, Ross, was um, the nine subs rule, which I wondered to. We spoke earlier, and I don't know what you think about this, Ross. In terms of someone like Kamara, do you think Town may hang on to players like that now because you can name more players on the bench? Yes, he's not likely to start. But um, you can now name nine players on a bench. So, in theory, there's a chance he gets involved at some point. What do you reckon, Rossi? Yeah, potentially. Because, yeah, we haven't got those pizza trophy games anymore, have we? Mm. So, it's going to be interesting on some sub benches. Will they be able to fit? Because <laughs> I know we've got championship clubs now and they are. Yeah, we're not still in League One. They've got. They've yeah, got, we're not yeah. Fleetwood and Acrid and stuff, but still a lot of. Because they have a lot of. St- staff members as well, like coaches, physios and all that, sports science people. Um, even at Portland Road, there's not too many seats. So, I don't know, maybe they'll just say... Hey, you're on the out, start again. Yeah, or you're on the subs bench today, but you're going to have to go in this little section here, or we have to be like, you know, in the dressing room. We'll give you a shout when you want to come out. Two come warming up. up at all times. Yeah. yeah. You know, like work. at school when they brought, you had those literally benches you used to sit on, which I've never seen anywhere else. Maybe they'll yeah. just bring them out and just have the extra two subs just sat on that. Yeah. But yes, it's mad though. Nine subs. It's cr- I know only five can be used, but um, it, yeah, it does give that opportunity for players to be on the bench and if out of nowhere, McKenna wants, oh, I think you can change the game for me. And before he may have not been on the bench, you know, because mm. before it was only seven, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, think back in the day, used to be one on the bench, like yeah. one sub. Now it's nine. So... Yeah, players like Panucci, Kamara, and even Cameron Humphreys and the like, they may hang around because McKenna can name on the bench. 
or McKenna may just name more youngsters on the bench just to give that experience of travelling with the team or just have that match day feel playing first team football. So um, it's going to be interesting to name those those players on the bench, you know, when you do, because we a lot of unused subs, of course, but uh, when the people, when the clubs do their graphics and they do the first 11 and then they do the subs, they've got to name nine. Which is yeah. and does do, do the clubs, maybe I should have read this story a bit more, do you actually have to have nine subs? Do you because some clubs don't actually even... you don't have to, do you? Quite often we see clubs name fewer, yeah, less than than they can for the bench. Sometimes you think that's a manager making a bit of a point to their owners. They only named four subs at the weekend. <laughs> Look, this is all we've got. We need more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think there'll be two goalies, won't they? There'll be two goalies now on the bench. Like Nick Cage will probably be there with with Vaz. They're not going to name two, two goalies. I can't there, see two goalies on the well, bench. I mean. Everton do it. Everton have done it before, haven't they, in the Premier League? It's unnecessary. Yeah, it is, it is. Put put a youngster on the bench. Don't put two goalkeepers on the bench. Um, I mean, it's all well and good having all these extra things, but the, these extra bench options, it's good news for defenders, first and foremost, because mm. if you remember, Kieran's philosophy in the second half of last season was to have more attacking options on the bench, and quite often he went without a centre-half on the bench, so at least that gives him the option to... Um, cover himself there um but you can only name 25 senior players in your championship squad so that maybe increases the option of a Cameron Humphreys staying because he's mm. the he's a, he falls below the under 21 threshold so maybe you keep him around i still think i look at that now i added it up this morning there is let's have a look they're, they're at the 25 man limit at the moment for senior players, right? And then they're probably going to want to add, I would say, four more centre-back that we've discussed, possibly two strikers and maybe another sort of versatile forward. Mm. So that would take you up to 29, which means you need to cut four from there. Um, two of those we know already would be El Mazzuni going out on loan. That's hopefully going to get sorted soon. And Elkan Bagger, who Kieran... Um, pretty much said he's going to go out on loan after the game. So then you need to find two more. If you're going to sign those four players, you need to sign, find two more players to cut from there, which is why I think Panucci Camaro is probably in the mm. danger zone for, for a loan out. Then I've got a question mark next to three others, if you needed to find one, would be someone like Lee Evans, possibly, given mm. the number of central midfielders. You've got to take into account wages here as well a little bit. If you, you Ipswich are working under new... Um, financial play rules in the championship. It's not just about getting rid of players that, or moving on players that you don't think can play a part. It might be also juggling the finances a little bit. If you want to chuck some serious money at, at some strikers, you might need to lose one of your higher earners. And, and Lee mm. Evans might fall into that bracket. Marcus Harness, maybe. Although I thought he did quite well at Felix Stowe on on Saturday. Maybe even like a Greg Lee. If you think that Leif Davis can play rattle out 40-plus games. Maybe you're okay with Janoi Danassian being that versatile backup to both fullback options. And from what I gather, Greg Lee's got a little bit of interest from, from League One at the moment. So, like I said earlier, when the music stops at some stage, there's not going to be enough chairs left for all of these players. Mm. And um, So, once they've started getting a few more in the door, they'll have to make some tough decisions on one or two. Interesting times. Um, right then, friends, that brings us to the end of everything I had on my plan. Uh, anything else to to mention? I should also say, by the way, that Manscaped have, uh, have re-upped with us again until the end of September. And they've just launched, Ross, very excitingly, a new beard trimmer. I don't know if you've seen this. 
Um, so it's not just about below the belt grooming anymore. It's also about above the neck grooming now at Manscaped. So I'm going to try and get us a, a few a few beard trimmers, Rossi from Manscaped. You can definitely review that. Uh, and obviously you can use code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off on all their, their club, but including that new beard trimmer, which I think is called the Beard Hedger or something. Anyway, um, it's out there. Go and get involved, friends. Anything else to mention, boys? Rossi, Stewie? If they can sort me out with a with a head shaver, if they can move ah, yeah. into that market yeah. as well, uh, that would be great. I'll suggest, that, I'll suggest that to our contact. I'm sure he'll take that on board as one of their, their biggest shows, I'd imagine. Um, the, the doctor needs a head a head shaver. Get it, get that in production, please. Um, Rossi, just, anything else? Just say that with no further context. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rossi, has there been any update on your on your driving adventure? There's a theory test booked, um, and maybe we will do a live reaction again. Um, oh, he's feeling confident. Yes. Oh, that confidence oh. is draining immediately. <laughs> uh, While I was away, while I was away, Ross, I heard a story on the radio that, that apparently it's becoming a real problem with people paying people to take their driving theory test for them. People paying up to five grand for a fake, in this case, Ross Halls, to rock up and take it for them. Or they send you in with an earpiece and they feed you the answers as you're, you kind of say, Meh. It's almost as if you're talking to yourself, and then they'll they'll feed you the answer in, in your in your earpiece. You get checked though, honestly. You, when you walk in, and there's a woman or a man. They check, you know, they check basically like when you're doing security or on an airport. They do actually check, you know, through your pockets. They? They get the old glove on. Not that far. There you uh, go. There's, there's so a loophole to be exploited. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I get very desperate then, maybe. But yeah, uh, but yeah, but. They also they check your maybe it depends where it is maybe it's which they're really far up they make sure everything but maybe oh, your reputation precedes you obviously <laughs> it's, just, it's just you Ross it's just you they're, they're checking this yeah maybe we need to be on the ball with this guy if there's yeah. any Ross Halls lookalikes amongst our listeners that that does fancy doing it for Ross maybe we yeah. can we can come to an for agreement. small fee yeah. Mm. yeah or some merch <laughs> pretty much yeah <laughs> well, that's exciting ross so you're not gonna tell us when it is but we might do we might do a live a live from it because that that made excellent content last time yes um, and i like the fact you're feeling confident in that case yeah. right friends um that brings us to the end of uh, a show it's good to be back with you on a monday and good to ha- have actual things to talk about like games and kits and stuff um all that is left for them for me to say is just to remind you to obviously use the code at manscape.com for 20 percent and free delivery and also Please support our sponsors, um, Ginger Pickle, uh, our co-sponsors, uh, Tony Southgate and the boys there in terms of your, your digital marketing, your SEO, your Google ad ranking, all that kind of business. Get involved with Tony and the boys at Ginger Pickle. And please also, I, forget, I keep forgetting to ask for this, but leave us a five-star review on iTunes because it helps lift our visibility in the charts. And the last one we've had mentions Andy's wisdom, which clearly is now no longer relevant. He's dead to us. Um, so, yeah, if we, could have a, if we could have a couple of new reviews, that would be great. Uh, in terms of things happening this week, obviously we have a game on Friday night. If you're there and you see someone following Stewie Watson around, it's not Ross Halls. It's probably the new king. So say hello. Um, we'll, we'll name him and, sh- and shame him. It's not really the right term. Um, at some point this week, we'll announce him and then he'll be there on, on Friday night and hopefully on the show next week. Um, anything else in terms of things you're looking ahead to, Stewie? Uh, at Needham Market this weekend or oh, on Friday night? Maidenhead. Anything you want to see? Uh... Is it a proper game? Is it a 45 minute each half game? I think it is a I think it's a full length game. Okay. So hopefully we might see Jack Taylor for the first time. I'll I'll avoid using that nickname because that's not a thing. 
Ross, anything, anything you want to see on Friday night? Maybe the away kit. I know it's technically a home Ooh. game, but maybe Ooh. they'll that would be bring good. the away kit out, maybe. So, I don't yeah. know what colour Maidenhead playing, I'm afraid, but that would be a... <laughs> what are they doing, by the way, on this friendly thing, boys? This really wound me up. What are they doing with the, going to bloody Preston on a Wednesday oh, night? Both, what are they thinking? Uh, what are they thinking? You're not going to be going to Preston. Well, no, <laughs> no, but straight away I thought... You're not allowed to be cross about it. <laughs> I can be cross about it. Um, on your behalf, I thought, as if they've not got enough trips this season, they're going to send them to Preston now in pre-season. Who came up with that? Ridiculous. Midweek. No. Get <laughs> reacquainted with my old friends, the M6 <laughs> and the A1. Oh, mate. I, drove, I actually drove past Preston on the way home, and I thought, that is a long way. Looking on the old sat-nav, how long we still have to go to get back to Suffolk. That's a long way for the boys, for a friendly in midweek unbelievable anyway all right friends um that's probably it then isn't it we've just we've just come up to the hour i hope you've enjoyed today's show we probably won't be back this week unless something major happens new signing etc um if not as i say look out for the boys on friday night and need them if you're going and we'll be back next week to break it all down again have a great week have a great weekend and we'll speak to you next time